Hola, desgraciados, ¿cómo están? Hola, perras. De perras. Y perros. Okay. They, them. Okay, now that all the racist white people are out of here. <laughs> Hi. Hello. What's up? What's going on? Nothing, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> This okay, is well. our second time recording an episode, but technically our first. Our first episode ever. Thank Welcome you, to. No me espantes. No, ay, no me espantes. What, you like that? Yeah, that was great. Good. Lovely. Oh, shit. My okay. laptop's frozen. Uh, okay. Okay, so should we introduce ourselves? I mean, I guess. Okay, you introduce me and I'll introduce you. Okay. That's Liz. Lizbeth for long. Just um, Liz. Just mm, mm, full legal name. <laughs> <laughs> That's Liz. She's, um... A nerd, to say the least. She's Loud and proud. She's basic, but you know what? I have to deal with her. I love her. Oh, thank you. I can't let her go, because at this point, I mean, you've seen me at my lowest. I I, I just need to stick by you at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell you anything. <laughs> and my blue eyebrow face. Anyway, um... Lizbeth's kind of annoying, but kind of amazing. I mean, what else can you describe? Oh my god, so sweet. Thank you Not for really. that. <laughs> Alright, well this lovely human being here is Miguel. Very artsy, very... Kind of a bitch, but in the <laughs> nicest way possible. <laughs> True. No, he's a sweetheart. I love him the most. He's great. He's amazing. Um, And we are great co-hosts i believe so well we'll see about that we'll see this is our second time recording <laughs> first one got deleted i fucked that up that's okay yeah. no that it's not because okay. you've been throwing it in my face i have been throwing it on his face because like, fight about it like this motherfucker has been you know what i'm not gonna talk shit <laughs> i'm not gonna talk shit i'm just gonna you're just gonna sit there look pretty <laughs> when when is that gonna happen Ooh. oh my god Okay. Anywho. Anywho. Should we tell them what this podcast is about? Yeah, tell them. Okay, well, our lovely, beautiful podcast is going to be spooky stuff. That's it? That's all I got. That's all you know? <laughs> You're better at this than me. Go ahead, you say it. I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. Lizbeth is a giant scaredy cat. She's full of anxiety. Yes. And Lexapro. <laughs> I'm not as much. No, I mean not not much as a scaredy cat. You know what I mean. So I wanted to start a podcast just to scare the ever living shit out of Lizbeth, and just based on her first episode that you'll probably never get to hear ever again. Um, I think I did a good job, and let's continue that streak. Yeah, he did. I had to ask his dad to bless me before I went home. <laughs> Hashtag just Catholic things. Yeah, just Catholic things. Just Mexican things. <laughs> so, um, uh, a lot of the time... Oh, it's going to be interchanging, right? Yeah. Because you, you wanted to tell a story. I do. But then you're lazy. That so, is true. I have stories to tell as Beth that I think would scare the living shit out of her. So, we're going to do that. I'm going to try to scare the living, living fuck out of Elizabeth. So... What scares you? Everything. <laughs> Give me some <laughs> examples, please. I mean, 
like the basic Mexican stuff, I guess, you know, like La Llorona and like those like mythological creatures, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Haunted things. Like watching scary movies is scary. <laughs> no shit. No shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything in specific? Like witches and ghosts and demons. So everything. Really. Everything. Okay. Well, we're going to be covering a lot of that stuff. Night crawler, Not night crawlers. Night crawlers? What the fuck? Miley is... Cyrus? <laughs> no. <laughs> what the fuck are they called? Night walkers? <laughs> Those are prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are they called? We talked about them. Skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. Nightwalkers? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted, I knew what, they, what you were talking about. I was like, I want to see if she could remember it. This is um, how uneducated I am. Okay, so we're just going to get into this. I'm, if you hear me moving around, it's because we're sitting on the floor of my room and my ass is, you know, big, fat, and juicy. So I need to. Voluptuous. Like, voluptuous. I need to keep moving around. And adjusting myself, just because just I got a BBL and, you know, the stitches and the fluid. and It's so beautiful, though. Thank I love you. You got to, like, refer me to your doctor. Yeah, they're in Mexico. Oh. I paid. I only paid two grand for it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so cheap. Yeah, I know. That's why it looks like that. It's like Kim K. Who? Uh, I don't know. She found dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I have a story for you. This one's kind of long, and this one's more, like, text-based. I actually typed a lot of the stuff up because, you know, profesh anal over here. Exactly. So, let's so. get started. Let me know if you've ever heard of this before, you know, mm-hmm. before I tell you, like, break down what it is. So, 2001, where were you? A baby. Really? I was born in 2001. Oh, so, like, age zero. Age zero. No, you were, no, yeah, age zero, yeah. I was born in March, so when did this happen? September. 9-11? <laughs> oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> Not on that day, it just says September of 2001, so. Okay. So you were a baby. I was a baby. 9-11. How old were you? I was uh, not even one yet, because I was born in 2000, December. So. Oh my, look at you. Yeah. Almost one, but not quite. I don't know how many months that is, so do the math, so... September 2001. Go back there. A man by the name of Kevin Manis attended an estate sale of a woman named Havella. 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 Who died at age 103. Oh my god. Havella's granddaughter told Kevin about Havella's life. And I don't know the granddaughter's name. I just put the granddaughter. So... Havela was born in Poland. She grew up, she got married, and she raised a family. And lived until she was sent to a concentration camp in the midst of World War II. She alone survived the camp, while her, quote, her parents, brothers, a sister, husband, and two sons and a daughter were all killed. So she's a baddie? Do not say that about a Holocaust (laughs) survivor. But yeah, for lack of a better term, she's a baddie. (laughs) (laughs) End quote. That's not the quote. Um, She managed to escape the concentration camp by fleeing with other prisoners and somehow making it to Spain, where she bought three items 
which eventually became the only three items she brought with her when she immigrated to the United States. So, she bought a steamer trunk, a sewing box, and a small, peculiar wine cabinet. And so, Kevin subsequently bought the wine cabinet from her estate sale and the sewing box, along with a few other items of furniture at the sale. And when Havela's granddaughter saw him with the wine cabinet, she said, I see you got the Dybbuk box. And so, before I go any further, my sources for the story are the true story of the Dybbuk box and where it is now by Marquise Mayhem for Exemplor.com. And then the other article is, finally, the truth behind the haunted Dybbuk box can be revealed by can be revealed by Charles Moss for Input Magazine. And then Wikipedia, and then Genius.com, because I'm reading a transcript, basically, of a description. And it's the description of a dip box. So, back to the story. When he asked her what a dip box was, she said when she was, quote, when she was growing up, her grandmother always kept the wine cabinet in her sewing room. It was always shut and set in a place that was out of reach. The grandmother always called it the Dybbuk box. When the girl asked her grandmother what was inside, her grandmother spit three times through her fingers and said a Dybbuk and a Kesselim? Kesselm? What is that? I'll tell you later. The grandmother... <laughs> then went on to tell the girl that the wine cabinet was never ever to be opened so uh havela asked her granddaughter to bury the box with her after passing but she was orthodox jewish so those or- orthodox jewish burial rules or rites because of that they couldn't you could not be buried with the box or anything else just because that's how their their religion tells them or whatever yeah um so, Kevin asked what a Dybbuk and a Kesselium were, but the woman didn't know. Kevin asked her if she wanted to open the box with him, and she emphatically was like, absolutely not. And he was like, that makes sense. Like, she, she, he thought that she wanted to, like, honor her grandmother's, like, last request or whatever, so, like, he's whatever. And because of that, he was like, oh, this box must be, like, really sentimental to her. So, he's like... I know I just bought this, but, like, do you want to keep it? And you can just keep the money and the box if it's, like, if it means a lot to you. And he offered to return the box, thinking, like, I'm doing a nice thing. And then she vehemently denied it. And she said, quote, she then became somewhat upset. Looking back now, the way she became upset was just plain odd. She raised her voice to me, this is Kevin, and said, you bought it, you made a deal. Ooh, that's like making like that's kind of being like you made a deal with the devil just now like there's no going back kind of thing i guess yeah maybe maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> um and then another quote when i tried to speak she yelled we don't want it she began to cry asked me to leave and quickly walked away i wrote the whole episode off to the stress and grief she must have been experiencing i took my pur- purchases and politely left that, that was, that's what he wrote. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote, what the fuck is a Dybbuk? And so from Wikipedia, Jewish mythology, a Dybbuk, and then it says Dybbuk Yiddish from the Hebrew, Hebrew verb Dabak, meaning adhere or cling, is a malicious possessing spirit to be have 
is a malicious possessing spirit to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. It supposedly leaves the host body once it has accomplished its goal, sometimes after being exercised. So it's a demon. Oh, end quote. Wait, what do you mean by it leaves its host's body? Who's its, Who's the host? Was it this lady that died? It's the the demon, the Dybbuk, is whatever it decides to possess. Okay. So it could be the host can be you, but it can leave after it's exercised. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm like processing. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then I Google Kesleem or whatever, and I put Google Translate says it means let's cut in Turkish. So I don't know what that means, but I also, every time I put what does Kesleem mean, Google, like translate Kesleem, it would always kind of like um, put in like terms for Dybbuk and stuff. So I think it's like kind of on, the, on par with the same thing, but I mean, it just means let's cut. So. In Turkish, so that's what I found. Okay. Would uh, it, is it kind of like metaphorically being like, we're going inside your body to possess you? Like I cutting mean, you open? You can think or cutting your soul open? You can think like that and be all emo, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have honestly no idea. That's just what I found, so. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe. Just a little bit. A little. What's new? Okay. So, this is where I just copy paste stuff. Um,. This is all a transcript from an eBay listing that Kevin Manis put up. So, um, a few of the things up top were like kind of quotes. That's what I was quoting. Yeah. And so this is from... Can I ask a question him. before you yeah. start? Yes. Did somebody actually buy it off of Kevin? Yes. Did Kevin believe it was possessed? Can, can you wait a second? Sorry, I have too many questions already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the story. Um, I'll get to that later, though. Okay. I will, I will literally talk about both of those things, so. Awesome. Gotta spread my coochie open. <laughs> okay. Can I just say, yeah. be- before we start this story, guys, we have these, like, really fancy microphones, and I feel like a really, like, professional podcaster right now. Thank you. Courtesy of Miguel. Hey, you know what? I found him on Amazon. Fuck Jeff Bezos, though. Yeah, that bald bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, um, this is Kevin. At the time when I bought the cabinet, I owned a small furniture referencing business. I took the cabinet to my store and put it in my basement workshop where I intended to refinish it and give it as a gift to my mother. Okay. I didn't think any more about it. I opened my shop for the day and went to run some errands, leaving the young woman who did sales for me in charge. Period. Mm-hmm. After about half an hour, I got a call on my cell phone. The call was from my salesperson. She was absolutely hysterical and screaming. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm clicking. Oh. She was absolutely hysterical and screaming that someone was in my workshop breaking glass and swearing. Furthermore, the intruder had locked the iron security gates in the emergency exit, and she couldn't get out. As I told her to call the police, my cell phone battery went dead. I hit speeds of 100 miles per hour, getting back to my shop. When I arrived, I found the gates locked. I went inside, and I found my employee on the floor in a corner of my office, sobbing hysterically. I ran to the basement and went downstairs. At the bottom of the stairs, I was hit by an overpowering unmistakable odor of cat urine 
There had never been any animals kept or found in my shop. The lights didn't work. As I investigated, I found that the reason the lights didn't work also explains the sounds of glass breaking. All of the light bulbs in the basement were broken. All nine iridescent bulbs had been broken in their sockets, and ten four-foot fluorescent tubes were lying shattered on the floor. I did not find an intruder, however, I should also add that there was only one entrance to the basement. I w it would have been impossible for anyone to leave without meeting me head-on. As I went back up to speak with my salesperson, oh, I went back up to speak with my salesperson, but she had left. She never returned to work after having been with with me for two years. She refuses to dis discuss the incident to this day. I never thought of relating the events of that day to anything having to do with the cabinet. Oh my god. Gross, right? So gross. <laughs> like, that's so scary. I feel like if that happened to you, you'd be fucking over. You, you would be in a wheelchair and put in a home. If that happened to me, I'd go to a psych ward. Yeah. Like, 100% going to psych ward. There would not be enough medication to cure me. Hey, there's always enough medication. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to the story. Then things got worse. As I already indicated, I had I had decided to give the cabinet to my mother as a birthday gift. About two weeks after I made the purchase, I decided to get started refinishing it. I was surprised to find that the cabinet has a unique little mechanism. When you open one of the doors, the mechanism causes the opposite door and the little drawer below to open at the same time. It is very well made. Inside the cabinet, I found the following items. One 1928 wheat penny. One nineteen twenty-five U.S. sweet penny, one small lock of blonde hair bound with string, one small lock of black slash brown hair bound with string, one small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters. I have been told that the letters spell out the word shalom, one dried rosebud, one golden wine cup, one very strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. I saved all of the items in a box intending to return them to the estate. The family has refused the items so they will be included in the sale of the cabinet. I have a question. Yes. That you might actually tell during the story so I'm sorry uh -huh. in advance. Mm -hmm. But so this cabinet, uh -huh. does it does the demon come out if it's closed shut like if you keep it shut and just like in the room like you're okay and as long as you don't open it's fine and then when you open it it comes out or like does it just come out the implication is that you're not supposed to open it whatever because i think you're really it's like you open it you release it but it varies because i mean i'll get into it in the story but people have been hurt just with this thing in the room did you hear me burp <laughs> that's what that was yeah <laughs> so it's like people can still feel the effects of it when it's still kind of in the room with them you know oh. without even it opening it and he just opened it right now like as you said yeah and is there a reason why those specific things are kept in the box or in the uh, cabinet I can kind of get into it a little later but so far I mean it's kind of like eh there's some mention of it a little later in the story so Okay. I'll let you know, okay? After opening the cabinet, I decided to not refinish it. I cleaned it and rubbed in some lemon oil. 
It was at this time that I noticed that there was an inscription in Hebrew carved into the back of the cabinet. I had no idea what it says or if it's significant. I have included a picture of that description below. On my mother's birthday, October 28th, 2001, which is the same as my sister's birthday. Oh my god. I think she was born in 2002, though. My mother called to tell me that she was going out of town with my sister for three days and we postponed celebrating her birthday together until she returned on October 31st, 2001. On Halloween? Yes. My mother came to the shop. We were going to have lunch together, but before we we were going to leave, I gave her the wine cabinet. She seemed to like it. While she examined it, I went to make a phone call. I hadn't been out of sight more than five minutes when one of my employees came running into my office saying that something was wrong with my mom. When I went back to see what the matter was, I found my mom sitting in a chair beside the cabinet. Her face had no expression, but tears were streaming down her cheeks. No matter how I tried to get her to respond, she would not. She could not. It turns out that my mother had suffered a stroke. She was taken to the hospital by ambulance. She ended up suffering partial paralysis and losing her ability to speak and form words. She has since regained the ability to speak. She could not understand things being said to her and could... Oh, she could understand things being said to her and could respond by pointing to the letters of the alphabet to spell out words. She wanted to say. When I asked her the following day how she was doing, she teared up and spelled out the words N-O-G-I-F-T. No gift. I assured her that I had given her a gift for her birthday, thinking that she didn't remember, but she became even more upset and spelled out the words H A T E gift I. I gave it away. I should have spelled it. So, hate gift and then I. Oh my god, she hit. So she knew. She knew that the gift is what caused her to go through, like, to have the stroke. Yeah. Basically. Like, she knew. She was like, You're, it's your fault that I'm like this. I think it's the gift's fault, but you know what? <laughs> it's fine. If I was that mom, too, you know? Yeah. Um, I laughed and told her not to worry. I told her I was sorry she didn't like the cabinet and that I would get her anything she wanted if she would promise to get well soon. That makes me sad. That is really sad. Still, I didn't associate anything that had happened with the cabinet itself or anything paranormal. Frankly, I don't ever even you. Frankly, I don't think I ever even used the term paranormal until this last month. Sorry, I'm dyslexic. That's and okay. And just frankly, just stupid. No, uh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll try to make this short now. I gave the cabinet to my sister. She kept it for a week and then gave it back. She complained that she couldn't get the doors to stay closed and that they kept coming open. There are no springs in the door mechanism and I never found the do- found that the doors c- come open. I gave it back to my brother. I gave it to my brother and his wife who kept it for 3 days and then gave it back. My brother said it smelled like jasmine flowers while his wife insisted that it put out an odor of cat urine. So he's really just, like, fucking up his whole family then, Basically. huh? <laughs> I gave it to my girlfriend <laughs> who asked to sell it for her after only two days. I sold it the same day to a nice middle-aged couple. Three days later, 
when I came to open the shop for the day, I found the cabinet sitting at the front doors with a note that read, this is this has a bad darkness. I had no idea what it meant. Anyway, I ended up taking it home. Then things got even worse. Oh my god. This is all from an eBay listing, by the way. That's a long eBay listing. Oh, there's more. I'm not even done yet. Like, damn. They should have, like, a word limit on eBay. <laughs> they should. <laughs> Since the day I bought it home, I began having this strange recurring nightmare. Every time I have the horrible dream, it goes something like this. I find myself walking with a friend. So imagine, this is you. This is me and you. Me, and I'm walking next to you. Okay. Butt naked. Lovely. Titties out. Titties Barbecue out. Barbecue sauce all over them. <laughs> <laughs> um, usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. I find myself looking to the eyes of the person that I am with. So, so we're looking eyes. I'm looking at you and I'm like, are we about to kiss? Are we about to kiss, right? We have kissed, by the way. Don't tell people like <laughs> It is then that I realize that there's something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person that I'm with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome demonic looking hag that i have ever seen <laughs> oh my god so it's like me without any concealer yeah me without getting my hair done shut up <laughs> no shut the fuck no that would be like you after i hooked you up to the back of my truck and ran you through like a garbage lot i would love that shut the fuck up <laughs> i need people to know because this is a podcast this isn't visual that Lisbeth is beautiful and she likes to say that she's ugly. Oh my god. But it makes me furious. I'm sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. You're so pretty. Shut the fuck up. You are, bro. Don't, don't lie to me. Okay, I also just want to say that. Sit down. Like, hold on. Shut the fuck up. Let me Sit talk. down. Give me a second. Put the knife down. <laughs> Put the knife away. I just want to say Miguel is a beautiful and very talented makeup artist and his makeup is just amazing and he's so good at it. Thank you. Period. Flattery will get you nowhere. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. I have awa- Which is something I would do to you. I yes. have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I have been hit by the old woman during the previous night. Still, I have never related the nightmares to the cabinet. Nor do I think I would ever have. At that point, bro... Yeah, like, what the fuck? Ugh. It's like, you must be stupid or this something. This is some Anglo sex like... and white people shit. Like, do you not? No, I imagine, agree. Just imagine you're Mexican ass. You have a cabinet. More like a haunted, like, what? What's a haunted Mexican item? Oh, a haunted doll. No. That's yeah. a white people thing, too. That is a white people thing. Um candle <laughs> like, no. shit, i don't know you're just looking around my room <laughs> okay let's let's like you let's say you have like a a haunted um like tor- tortilla you know the thing that you can make tortillas with yes and you bought a haunted one and it says what something evil on the side of it or some shit mm-hmm. you bring it into your house you start having nightmares you don't think you're gonna throw that shit away of course I would. Bro, I literally threw a gnome away that my neighbor gave me because Mexicans hate gnomes and they were so superstitious about them. I literally threw one away. You, you're, you're kind of Mexican. I don't have a problem with gnomes. Are you serious? Duendes? Garden gnomes? Duendes. 
Uh, yeah, a gnome. Yeah, a garden gnome. She gave, she gave one you're, to my mom, and we threw it away the same day. I get that, but you're telling me I need to be scared of Gnomeo and Juliet? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like a Mexican thing. Like, duendes. It is for some more, more Mexicans than others. For me, personally, I mean, my family... Like, they're, like, it's, like, an urban legend for us, but, like, we're not very superstitious about it. We're superstitious about it. I know. We didn't even welcome it into our house. Like, the second she gave it to my mom, we're, like, trash now. The, the outside trash, Don't not even the inside that. one. Don't say that when you're looking at <laughs> Okay. Anywho. Anywho. Where is that? Where were we? Where were we? Um, Okay cabinets nightmares whatever about a month ago however my sister and my brother and his wife this is bad grammar uh or yeah um came over to my house and spent the night the following morning during breakfast my sister complained that she had a horrible nightmare she said that she recalled having it a couple times before and went on to describe my nightmare exactly to the last detail my brother and his wife froze as they listened they had all chimed in and they had both had the exact same dreams during that night the night as well the hair was standing up on the back of my neck and still and still is as we talked it became clear that the common denominator was that each of us had the nightmare during the times that the cabinet was in our respective homes I called my girlfriend and asked if she could recall having any nightmares recently. She described the same nightmare, same hag, everything. When I asked her if she remembered the date when she had the nightmare, she said she did not. Then I asked if it happened the night before she gave me back the cabinet to sell it for her. She said, yeah, hey, how did you know that? How did you know that? (laughs) Oh, God. That kind of shit never happens to people. Yeah, no, and I feel like you must be a dumb white bitch. If I'm sorry, that's racist. You must be a dumb bitch <laughs> if it happens to you. <laughs> Here at No Mespantes, we are very racist, so. I will say this now. We are both Americans. We were both born here in the U.S. of A., but we have Mexican parents. So what does that make us? White? According to the government, when you go to do your SATs, my teacher was like, "You're white." You're you're not. You're white. <laughs> you're not. Oh god, you're white. You're white. <laughs> I feel like that's even worse. About Listen, I love mayonnaise. <laughs> I love pepper. Clap- is too salt, too spicy for me. Pepper is too spicy. I love clapping at the end of an airplane ride. <laughs> I love calling the police on people lighter than brown. I mean, darker than brown. <laughs> What's another white person thing? I love taking things that don't belong to me. <laughs> um, I hope y'all. I hope it all y'all white people listening to this. If there are any, don't take that a wrong as a wrong thing. My my friend, my white friend Maggie's gonna be listening to this. Hey Maggie. I also have a white friend named Maggie. Hey oh Maggie. <laughs> I love you. Love you, Maggie. (laughs) Okay, back to our discussion. Now, since my family discussion, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. For a week afterwards, I started seeing what I can only describe as shadow things in my peripheral vision. In fact, numerous visitors to my house have claimed that they have seen these shadow things. I put them in an outside... Oh. Oh, I put the cabinet in an outside store. I... (laughs) 
Oh my god. I read it as he put the shadow things in an outside storage cabinet. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I put the cabinet in an outside storage unit and was awakened when the smoke alarm in the unit went off in the middle of the night. When I went to see what was burning, I opened the door and didn't see any smoke. However, I did get hit with the smell of cat urine. When I went back inside, the smell was there in my house. And then in all caps it says, I do not own a cat and never have I. Never I have. And I never have. And never I have. <laughs> Clapping emoji. Clapping emoji. I went back outside and grabbed the cabinet. I brought it back inside and tried to research it on the internet. Me. While I was surfing the net, I fell asleep and once again had the same freaking nightmare. Freaking, it's a nightmare. freaking nightmare. I woke up around 4.30 a.m., which is around the time I woke up today. Nice. No, not nice. I hate it. I wake up at 4 every day. Uh, okay, brag. It is. <laughs> not even humble. <laughs> when it felt like someone was breathing on my neck. Ugh. To find that my ha- my house now smelled like jasmine flowers. And just in time to see a huge shadow thing go loping down the hallway away from me. I would destroy this thing in a second. Except Same. I don't really have an understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I'm afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it seems to have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me. I have been told there are people who shop on eBay that understands these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you're one of these people, please, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you will with a thing like this. I have a question. Do, do whatever you do with a thing like this. Yes. So is this cabinet kind of like a Ouija board, but like not a Ouija board because you can't contact the dead? This is just the... Because isn't it that like if you throw the Ouija board like in the trash can, the next day it appears in your room kind of bullshit? No. Ouija boards don't do that. When, where did I hear that then? I think I my know. mom told me that. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck kind of conversation are you having with your mother about like Ouija I, boards? Like I literally remember my mom being like, you can't get rid of those. Like if you get rid of one, you have to like like physically destroy a Ouija board, like break it in half kind of thing. I don't think you should destroy a Ouija board. I don't think that's how you get rid of a Ouija board. How do you board. get rid of one? I just usually stick it up my ass <laughs> and then digest it backwards until I throw it up. Nice. Things. As you should. Yeah. You... I don't know. I'll ask my mom about it later. What kind of conversations are you having with your mom? Don't worry about it. She's a very classy lady. Don't don't talk about normal like that. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I love her. His mom is amazing. She's Get great. Mama. I love his mom. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Kind of same. <laughs> kind of same. Kind of same. same. <laughs> uh, so cute. Okay. Um, and then it says, help me. <laughs> You can see that I have no reserve price or minimum bid. If I can make things any easier, let me know and I will do anything within my abilities or everything within my abilities. One more note. On the same day my mom had a stroke, the lease to my store was summarily terminated without cause. I don't know what that means. It ended. Oh, okay. For no reason. Oh, okay. Thank you. You dumb bitch. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm gonna fucking cut you. Um, Asmer. The measurements are (laughs) uh, 12 by 5 
inches. So 12 and a half inches by seven and a half inches by 16 and a quarter inches. So it's not even that big. It's not as small. It's, it's like, kind of like... Literally like this. It's probably like the size of... I, nobody can see anything in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> We're just like pointing Imagine things. like a small walrus and then like cut the walrus head off. <laughs> it's kind of like that. And then if you cut the walrus heads off in half again, I think it's about that size. Or we could just say like a record player. That's or, what I was looking at. Okay, or Elizabeth can say that. Um, all of the items... Oh, this is on all caps. All of the items that I originally found inside the cabinets are included in the sale and will be delivered with the cabinet. After the initial eBay post that Kevin made a few... Uh, Kevin made a few updates, which included this. Also. Also. For the, And then it's dot, 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 dot. For those of you wanting to know, I'm still experiencing, if I'm still experiencing anything out of the ordinary, I thought everything was going okay until I got home on Friday, the 13th of June, and <gasps> found that the fish in my freshwater aquarium, all 10, were dead. Ooh, it was quote. a mass murder right there. Not end quote. I'm still hoping that all of this is coincidental crap. <laughs> That's what it says. End quote. First of all, who the fuck has 10 freshwater fish in their house? That's a lot. That's... Mama, I, I, I could kill one goldfish. <laughs> How do you manage to keep alive 10 fish? You, you must really like fish. I can barely keep myself alive. Same. If I don't remember to eat? What the fuck? No. I have like an, a, a timer on my phone. To like, eat? Yeah. Like an alarm kind of notification kind of thing. Because if not, I will forget. Because I have... No time. That's just me. Businesswoman. <laughs> Period. Do you have a businesswoman special? No. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen Roman and Michelle's high school reunion? No. I have not. What is get, that? Get the fuck out of my house. Sorry. That's a movie. You need to watch it. We're very... Okay. To those out there listening, me and Miguel are very different people. Yeah. I'm fat and ugly. You're beautiful. Oh my god. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> Okay. Personality-wise. After the... <laughs> yeah, I have the worst personality you've ever met. That okay. is such a lie. I mean, like, he watches RuPaul's Drag Race. I watch The Office. He thinks The Office is racist and... Racist? Not I just rac- think it's not funny. Okay. No, it was Friends. Racist. I thought it was Friends then, because you're like, it's just a group of white people. There's no diversity. That's not racist. Mm-hmm. That just means there's not there's not any diversity. Okay, sorry. I'm mixing up my words. And I don't want to put words in your mouth that weren't there. You're calling you you already are. You might I'm... as well put your dick in it now. Like I don't <laughs> what do you want from me? I think my dick is bigger than yours. We're moving on. Any... Also, you don't know what I have. I could have a garden gnome <laughs> down there. I could have a flip flop. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know my story. <laughs> We're done with this conversation. <laughs> Since Elizabeth wants to demonize me at any point. (laughs) Your demonization of me is making me feel uncomfortable and unloved. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. My apologies, sir. Sir. They, them. (laughs) Women. They, them. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. We just want to say we appreciate all people. I don't. I do. I often don't. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Back to this. After the post... Uh, Kevin was trying to find somebody to take the box. Eventually, in the June of 2003, what were you doing June 2003? Tell me. I was 
having a stroke. Okay. Probably. <laughs> I was a toddler. I was like two. In June of 2003, he sold it to a student name. I'm going to have trouble pronouncing the name. I'm sorry. Losef Nietzsche. Nietzsche. He had it for two years? Yes. Before selling it? Yeah. When? Oh my God. Nietzsche put it back on sale on eBay eight months later. I got this. this I think this is from the exemplar article. Exemplar article. This is a quote, quote, Nietzsche put it back on sale on eBay eight months later, and after he and roommates suffered insomnia and, and illnesses in the pre- presence of the dreaded item. Nietzsche was able to sell it for $280 to Jason Haxton, who had heard about it from a student who was also one of Nietzsche's roommates. So, like, a friend of a friend, I think. Yeah. This is an entire quote. Um... I think also from Exemplar. It could be from a different article. I think it might be from a different article. See the sources that I mentioned at the top of this episode. It says, Jason Haxton in the Dybbuk box. So, Haxton claims to have experienced paranormal... Par- I'm having a stroke now. I know, I can tell. <laughs> Haxton <laughs> claims to have experienced paranormal activity in the presence of the box. Though he also states that it has had an anti-aging effect on him. How do we know that for sure, though? Want, oh, sorry, I said that weird. One. I want one. <laughs> Anti-aging. It's like Botox, but demons. Yeah, but like, how does he know? He's only know. had it for how long? At this point, how long had he had the box? I don't know. Okay. I, okay, never mind. Well, let's just assume it was like less than a year. Anti-aging. How the fuck do you know if it's anti-aging if it's for less than a year? Because it helps your skin. It helps your skin. Just get Botox. Or, like, use skincare. <laughs> Just get Botox. <laughs> piss. Piss off. Get Botox. It's what? Like, it's hard? <laughs> okay. Okay. You are not Elle Woods. I fucking wish, dude. You're not blonde. Okay, but, like, personality, I wish I was her. You're getting there. Is You're that already a, kind of dumb. Is that an insult? <laughs> <laughs> is that an insult? I'm trying to call you kind of dumb. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, back to our original story. David Chutney. Then you saw her. Wait, what was the quote? <laughs> I thought it was you walking through the door. <laughs> Points. <sighs> Ammonium thioglycate. <laughs> he claims that he experienced. Sorry, back to this. He claims that he experienced welts and hives when he first had the box. And he even experienced coughing up blood and choking. He said that he has said touching it almost puts it into a liquid state. He realizes that while he's had the box, he's seen strange lights and shadows. Nevertheless, Haxton has taken a rather intelligent academic approach to understanding the box. He has enlisted the help of scientists, paranormalists... Kabbalists and Kabbalists? What is that? Kabbalists. People who practice Kabbalah, I think. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Should we Google? Yeah, Google. How do you spell it? Did you hear the burp again? <laughs> I thought you were make snorting. Make, I thought it was like a snort of no. you making, love, making fun of I me. I sound like a pig. <laughs> uh, I am Miss Piggy. Um, K-A-B-B-A-L-I-S-T-S. L A. There's no L A. 
K-A-B-B-A-L-I-S-T-S-L-A-W-X-Y-Z. A-L-I-S-T-S. Sorry. Do you know that, do you know that Kim Petra song XXX? What song? XXX by Kim Petras. I don't know who that is. Get the fuck out of here. Alexa <laughs> Play Kim Petras. Amona. XXX. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um it's a plural noun. Okay. It's a follower of the ancient Jewish mystical mystical tradition. I'm sorry, I'm having a stroke right now okay a follower of the you're fine (laughs) (laughs) okay it's a follower of the ancient jewish mystical tradition of kabbalah what is kabbalah kabbalah i think kabbalah look it up what's oh okay 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 kabbalah 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 is an esoteric method discipline and school of thought in jewish mysticism Okay. okay. <laughs> Which <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a soda. You owe me a soda. Okay, so Kabbalah, I think that's what it is. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry. Okay. It deals with the essence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Whether it entails a sacred text and experience or the way things work, Kabbalists believe that God moves in mysterious ways. It does. Um... They also believe that true knowledge and understanding of that inner mysterious process is obtainable, and through that knowledge, greatest intimacy with God can be. Okay, what does this have to do with like a haunted thing? He. Is it like mis- scientists, paranormalists, and Kabbalists and Wiccans? Oh yeah, I forgot about the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so he enlisted all those people to help, because it has this Jewish writing. I mean, it's put yeah, and it's from an Orthodox Jewish person. So they're like, let's see, yeah, it just what it, it, can make, do. it makes sense. I mean, to it's have Jewish mysticism. There. It's like if somebody like, this is my opinion. I think this is what I, what I understand. It's like if somebody like we're Catholic. If somebody who's like Catholic brujeria, like yeah. It would, they enlist the help to, like, figure out a haunted Catholic thing. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that, I think. They would ask, like, a curandero to come and help. Yeah, they would ask, um... A curandero? What's that? A curandero? You don't oh, know what that is? a cuckoo. <laughs> my cuckoo? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> How you doing, mis amores? You want to see my cuckoo again? <laughs> Cynthia Lee Fontaine. A curandero or a curandera. It's basically somebody that, like, heals... People with <laughs> That's what I call my ass. You as you should. <laughs> as you should. Okay. Okay, continue. <laughs> We're selling the same sentence. And Wiccans to put the box into more of a manageable state so he can keep it. He believes the force contained in the cabinet is neutral but plays off of who comes into contact with it. The ultimate goal is to understand it and reveal the quote unquote truth. And that it was seeking the right owner to help it. For a time, Haxton kept the box in a box secure in an acacia wood arc lined with 24 karat gold and stashed in his debt to keep it subdued. However, more recently he's admitted that he ended up putting it into a military-grade shockproof container buried somewhere. Somewhere it is well hidden and it won't be discovered. Is it still there? Hmm. No. 
Because eventually, Zach Bagans, yes, Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, bought the box from Jason Haxton. I don't know what that is. Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? Can you tell how uncultured I am? This is what I'm telling you, you're basic. Okay, but not in those ways. It's just in that, just in ghost ways. You're basic. (laughs) You're basic. (laughs) You're basic. Okay, well, ask me questions I would know. I'm not asking. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Oh, I did ask you. Do do you not know who Zach Bagan is? I don't. I apologize. It's okay. Who is he? He is, so there's a show called Ghost Adventures. It's a reality TV show where they go looking for ghosts. He's pretty big in the paranormal world. I'm He's not famous off of that. I know, obviously. Clearly. I'm a fan of it. I'm not in it either, but I just know. But he's big. He's pretty big. He's a paranormal investigator. He What's his name again? Zach Bagans. Z A K B A. Oh my! Oh my God! Why is he the first one that ca- came up on Google? Because he's famous. He's Forty-five. Yes. Seems like your type. He's not wrong. <laughs> oh. Wait. I've heard of this. Okay, I'm not basic. I have heard of this. You've only heard of it. And I've seen, like, an episode if it's on TV when I was Go to a bed. child. Go to bed, bitch. When I was a child. When I was younger. Okay. When I was... A young boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures bought the box from Jason Haxton and for his Museum of Haunted Objects in Las Vegas. Just for the museum? Yeah, it's not for public viewing. You need to sign a waiver to even look at the box. So if anything, if any harms comes to you from viewing it, they're not liable. Like that's on you, boo. Yeah, boo, ghost, get it. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know? I want you to guess. A celebrity got, celebrity got cursed by this box. <gasps> Was it Zach? No, a different celebrity. Guess. This is what? To what age era are we in? Our era. You would know this person. They're famous, kind of now. Wait! Oh shit! Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Uh, why'd you go with her for your first ever guess? Isn't she like a little emo? And I feel like emo people a like spooky emo. things. I feel like they like spooky stuff. Avril, honey, I'm so sorry. I love you. You know that song that you made that go, hey, hey, you, you. I yeah. don't like your girlfriend. <laughs> Ghoul friend. <laughs> No, actually. <laughs> no, actually. I feel like it's weirder in relation to this. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to say Who is it? It's Post Malone. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> he got cursed by the fuck. Oh my god. So this is from the Input Magazine. Posty? Posty. Posty. It's from the Input Magazine. Quote, okay, so technically Malone didn't touch the box. Bagans had his hand, Zach, he had his hand on it while Malone was touching his shoulder, but the bad vibe supposedly transferred to the musician. In the ensuing months, his private plane was forced to make an emergency landing. That's not that bad. Excuse me? His San Fernando Valley home was broken into, and he was involved in a car accident. <gasps> oh my incidents God. he would later talk about on the Seth Meyers Late Night Show, and then I think it went to them. 
Oh my so god. Liz, what do you think of the story so far? It's like, why don't they just get rid of this thing already? And like, why are they even allowing people to view it if they're also gonna be getting cursed? I feel like, is it? I feel like it's like the whole Annabelle situation. You know what I mean? Like, I personally think that doll, sorry, Annabelle, should have been destroyed. Um, okay. but it's just in a museum, and same with this box, cabinet, or whatever. Well, but the Zach Bagans Museum versus the Anna Lorraine Warren, the Warrens Museum is different. The Warrens isn't publicly viewed. It's not open. It's not an attraction. Well, Zach Bagans is one that you pay for, so I think it's a little different because they kept Annabelle to not have her anywhere out, but this guy's putting in a museum. Yeah, I feel like he shouldn't have the, the, the cabinet out, especially knowing what he knows about all of this stuff. That's a good point. Period. Okay. That's all I have to say. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. But guess what? What? It's all a lie. <clears throat> what? Yeah. According to an article from Input Magazine, the entire eBay story listing was fabricated. Charles Moss, the author of the article, wrote, Over course. Of course, over the years, there have been many skeptics. Various reports, including the two, this 2004 Los Angeles Times story and this 2012 Riverfront Times piece, have cast doubt on the legend of the Dybbuk box. In a 2019 column Skeptical Inquirer magazine, writer Kenny Biddle dismisses the haunted wine cabinet as a hoax. As proof, Biddle posts a screenshot of a Facebook post from Manist, dated October 24th, 2015. And in the post that this guy put in his article from Skeptical Inquirer, it says, I am the original creator of the story of the Dibbit Box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that Dibbit Boxes have become some kind of history prior to my story, and the idea that a Dibbit Box would contain anything other than a Dibbit, along with my... With any deviation to the type of contents I have created to be found inside of a Dibbit box is laughable at best. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dibbit, it's a spelling error, I think, box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post, I'll pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name on my forehead. I feel... You're not allowed to feel anything. Like, Hang on. oh my god, I feel, I was I, lied to. This, the, Charles Moss says, I had personally never heard of the Dibbit Box until February when I interviewed a paranormal investigator for a podcast I'm creating. I was immediately obsessed. I poked around on social media and eventually went back to the one place I could get answers, Reddit. I asked users in various paranormal subreddits about it, and then I got a few responses. This reply was from a man named Manistar. A user named Manda Star stood out. There were only 10 authentic and original, original Dibbuk boxes created ever. The term Dibbuk box was never used or known prior to 2001. I was the original owner. You may contact me and ask me any questions that you might have. Answers, answers about Dibbuk boxes, my experience with them, or anything related from anyone else are probably a bunch of crap. That's what this user said. So then, was it all like a placebo effect for all the other people? Wait. I'll get there. Okay. So he was like, Charles said, was this Kevin Mandis himself? I quickly replied but didn't hear back, so I found Mandis on Facebook and messaged him, asking if he would be willing to speak with me a few hours later. He agreed to a phone call. During the phone call, Kevin Mandis explains to Charles Moss, 
When I get Manus on the on the line a few days later, he quickly tells me that there's no such thing as a Dybbuk box in Jewish folk folklore, and explains to me that the origin and meaning of the Hebrew work, word Dybbuk, which essentially is a spear that cleaves onto the soul of another living being, quote, it's kind of an oxymoron, he says, speaking from his current home in Paris, Tennessee, quote, Dybbuk's don't live in boxes, so a Dybbuk box, by definition, doesn't make any sense, end quote. This confuses me. Is there, is there or isn't there a Dybbuk box? Quote, so the whole thing was just made up, I ask. Quote, the whole backstory of it coming from a Holocaust survivor? Quote, no, no, I'm not saying that, he replies. He explains the term Dybbuk box came from the Holocaust survivor, who somehow imbued the wine cabinet with supernatural powers and that her granddaughter used the term he was used the term when he brought it from her in 2001 right mm -hmm. as i told you in the beginning yeah as he's <clears throat> telling me this he starts stumbling over his words just like i'm doing right now and then quickly changes the subject end quote the article also details how kevin manis and jason haxton both dug into each other because i don't know if you know this but there is a 2012 movie based on this story it's called the possession i've never seen it real quick synopsis a little girl buys a dibbuck box from like this crazy old lady who's like kind of losing it because she had the dibbuck box before it's kind of like you know the beginning of it and then she gets possessed there's like clips of like a thing living in her body was she an orphan no oh then i'm thinking of a different movie no it's like the she buys it and like She's like, there's a scene where like she puts a flashlight in her mouth and you can see fingers coming out of <gasps> her throat. Oh my god! I feel like you might have seen it or like seen clips of it at least. Probably. Yeah, but it's like that and a bunch of moths and it was really stylized. And crazy. It's very like horror movie of today. What's it called again? The possession. Okay. So they both dug into each other and kind of rivaled when they came to the 2012 movie. Because it was based on Kevin's story, but from what I can understand, um, Jason was a lot more involved on set, and he was more of a consultant. They were both brought on the set, but they were both, like, consultants, but Jason was more in the limelight, talking to people, but it was Kevin's story. Um... So, like, Kevin made it up, but then Jason just became part of it because he eventually bought it, and, like, you know, he kind of milked this more than, more than Kevin, and then he, Kevin... I feel like, based off of this, got really mad. And, you know, kind of, there was, like, a few jabs between the two of them. Which is weird, because, like, if a demon already hates you, then why, you know, yeah. start beef with another human being? But no, of whatever. course. Jason even alleges that Kevin made the entire story up. So. What? This is my question. That's your question. My question is... Where do babies come from? Exactly. No, um... Like, I, my previous question, was it just a placebo effect then? We're because if Kevin actually made up the whole thing, then why would the other guy have anything to do with it? He just bought the box. That's it. Continue. Okay. <laughs> Quote... Some of the rivalry between the men can be explained by the end of Haxton's book. Jason wrote a book about this. 
in which he calls Manus out, accusing him of making the whole thing up. Despite this assertion, Haxton believes that Dybbuk Box's powers are real. His theory, Manus himself cursed it using Kabbalah. Yes. I do have something to say. I, I, I can see where he's coming from, honestly. Just because of the fact that, like, or at least, like, I don't know. Okay, so, like, I was saying, like, in Mexican and Catholic culture, there's this thing, or at least my mom told me about it. If you have, like, a, an object or whatever, and if you give it bad energy, it will absorb all of that bad energy. And, like, not necessarily haunt you, but it has, like, you gave that object bad energy, and whoever you pass it on to still holds that bad energy. Yeah. I you think know? that's what it is, because it was, like... Well, it's like if it's Jewish mysticism, it's kind of like, I burped again. It's kind of like curanderos and all that kind of, like that stuff, like what you mentioned, it's like that. But Jewish version of it and like using that kind of magic to curse it. So. Hmm. I think Jason, oh, Jason says, quote, did the con man get conned by God? Haxton says, that's seriously my take on it. Someone screwed around thinking it was funny and that they were in control. It's like playing with fire. It was funny until it wasn't. Regardless of whether he made it or not, it doesn't really even matter. End quote. He continues. Why do I keep saying end quote? I feel like I need to keep saying when I see the quote. quote. But this is all Moss. This is all Charles Moss. Quote. No, this is Kevin. I mean, not Kevin. Jason. Sorry. <laughs> Jason DeRupo. Um, it had to start somewhere. But something is there, and it's bigger than Kevin. So it started before Kevin, yeah. even though Kevin's the one that made it up? Yes. So then things take a giant fake turn. Charles Moss says, I, the next time I talk to Manus, I take him up on his advice, I call him on his bullshit. And that's when he tells me that everything he wrote in his 2003 EBA listing is a work of fiction. He says, I'm a creative writer, he says. I'm a creative writer. <laughs> the Dybbuk Box story that I created and the Dybbuk Box story ha- and the Dybbuk Box story hasn't exactly what I intended it to do when I posted it 20 years later, which is why I ask him, which is to become an interactive horror story in real time, he says. Though Manus, Manus did buy the wine cabinet at a yard sale, it was from an attorney. Not the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor. The carving in the back of it is my carving, he, sa- carving, he says. All phones quite on set, please. I'm so sorry. I, yeah, I thought I was on Take silent. your birth control. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was a text. You know, like, you know, like, um, it's like when that one, like, fucking frat boy goes too far in a prank and it's like, it's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank, bro. You know, like, it's just a joke, but it's not actually a joke. Like, it's actually very serious. Yeah. This is giving me those vibes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep listening to this bullshit. Not bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the carving in the back of it's my carving, he says. The stone that was in the box is something of a signature creation of mine also. Make no mistake, I conceived of the Dybbuk box, the name, the term, the idea, and wrote this creative story around to post it on eBay. <sighs> It was his friend's hair in the box. This is me. It was his friend's hair in the box. There was never a demon. His mother even covered for him during an interview. Because he was on a show called Paranormal Witness. And his mother was on it. Oh And my. covered for him. And said that everything was real that he said. Oh my god. 
Quote. So she never actually suffered a stroke? No, she didn't. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, that's that's real. I that remember. one was real? Yeah, I need to put that in because, I mean, if, if he fakes having a stroke, you know? Like, if he fakes his mom's stroke, that's even more fucked up, but... I know for a fact she did have a stroke and it was on Halloween, but he just added the whole, like, just demon element in, to it. put it in the story for funsies. Yes. Um... This is Charles Moss. Mana says that it wasn't money issues that motivated him, but relationship problems with his girlfriend and a host of other bad luck events. He said he channeled all of that negative energy into his tale. Quote, At the time I created the Dubik Box, it was during Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, he writes in a Facebook message to me. I created the box while praying and asking for forgiveness of all the sins that I had committed that I knew about, and perhaps even more important, the sins that I had committed and didn't know about. Ooh. Weird, right? So he said he put all of his, like, bad energy... Into writing the story. Okay. On eBay. On eBay. Do you think that, like, metaphorically, that could have also, like, as he was writing it... That makes sense. It was on par for what you were saying. Yeah. So, that's, that's eerie. Later, I hear from Zach Bagans via email. It's just Bagans in the title. Zach wrote, quote... Since owning the Dubik box, there have been countless documented experiences people have had with it, Bacon's writes. Not just from myself, but my museum staff, my fellow crew members, visitors, and most notably Post Malone. He also claims <laughs> that multiple guests have been severely affected by the Dubik box room in his museum, and some of them have been escorted out in a stretcher, on a stretcher by EMT personnel. I don't believe this to be the full truth, he writes in response to what Manus told me about making the story up. He cites some of the things that have been befallen Manus in the past week, which Manus also shared with him. I think that there is much more to the Dubik box. Regardless of its origins, it is very much cursed and evil. Baggins continues. I'm not surprised that the more controversy and conflict, conflict keep arising from it. The Dubik box has always raised questions and intrigue. And it adds to this narrative. For those who've always doubted Manus's story, this article is like, oh, that's end quote. This article is a. What? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yes. Sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember if I wrote this or if they, if if Charles wrote this. Yeah, no, it was Charles. Sorry, I thought this was me. I was like, damn, I sound smart! <laughs> um, no, I'm just a dumbass. For those who have always doubted Manus' story, this article is their confirmation. For those who don't believe in the Dipic Box, Manus' admission won't have much effect on them at all. Quote, The Dipic Box has always been a focus of books, a major motion picture, and TV shows. Baggins writes, in the conclusion of his email, There is more to this powerful, cursed items, item. Item. Its story is still being told. I agree. And that's the end of my story. Holy shit. (sighs) Crazy, right? Yeah, it took me like a whole roller coaster ride of emotions. So, like, regardless if it's real or not, there's still something in it. Like, you know? Yeah. And, like, Zach said it. I mean, granted, he has, like, a personality. Like, you know? Yeah. 
a paranormal personality. He, there has been known to be, like, fabricate or, like, exaggerate stuff, but, like, it's still eerie because it's, like... Yeah, there's, like, some truth yeah, to it. Because if other people feel it, in that case, like, even Jason and, like, like Lois Nitsky or whatever his name was, like... Yeah, I feel like he, as... He put it on eBay again. Like, there's something up with that thing because it was... Yeah, of course. When it wasn't with Manus... It was still like fucking around with people. Yeah, I feel like even like as it went down from person to person, they all kind of like, yeah, not did anything to it, but I feel like the vibes were still there. Yeah, well, I feel like if it's just like if it's that ob- an object at all that's been around people through that much pain and craziness, like, I don't see why it won't be imbued with like some crazy ass energy. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's huh. just it's wild. Yeah, I like I really like that story. It's some story that like. You know, I I remember I used to, like, binge watch, like, the Possession movie, like, all the time when I was younger. Because it's, like, such, like, a normal nothing horror movie, in my opinion. In it's your opinion? <laughs> um, so when I was, like, when I first, was first getting into horror and I was, like, younger, like, it came out in 2012, so I was, like, 11. I would just, like, watch it on repeat because it was more of a thriller. It wasn't much of, like, a horror horror movie, you know? Yeah. So. That was, was an good. interesting story. That was a good one. I was, like, when you were, like, it's all fake. I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> hey, it's, it could be fake. It could be real. You know what? It's up for discussion. It just depends on the perception of the person. If you believe in something, I mean, there's no way to change that from you. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you believe you're really pretty, you can be really pretty. Because some of the ugliest motherfuckers in the world swear that they're pretty. Dude, it's kind of like... It. Oh, my God. It's like... Ugly ass guys thinking they're the shit just because they. I'm right here. (laughs) Not you, of course not you. No, it's like there's like ugly ass guys just because they did they date a pretty girl all of a sudden they think they're the shit but they're not. That's all I had to say. Listen, we're not gonna talk about your exes right now. (laughs) Talk about demons. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um. So yeah. Wow. That's my story. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And. Thank you all for listening to our first episode, Thank technically you. second, Thanks, um, of our podcast, No Me Espantes. No Me Espantes. We have yet to make any social media for this. I am working on getting an Instagram up, maybe a Twitter. I don't maybe really know. Maybe an email. Maybe an email. So you can send us your spooky story. Yeah, I'd love to have people just like send us in creepy stories. Like, yeah, maybe anything. we'll even have some guest appearances. Maybe. maybe we'll have you know like Annabelle the doll on. Yeah, Annabelle can come in herself. Yeah, we'll welcome her with open arms and open legs. Yes. <laughs> um. So until we have all that stuff set up, um, I'll post it in show notes or wherever. Um, right now we're using Anchor to record this episode, so fingers crossed this all goes well and you'll be hearing this on Spotify soon. Fingers crossed. And Apple Music and Yeah, well that's a different process, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll branch out. This is just the beginning. (laughs) The beginning of my empire. Oh, sorry. Our empire. Our empire. (laughs) (laughs) This could be like the Joe Rogan podcast. No. Not like, I mean like as famous. Actually, you know what? I take it back. I don't want to be that famous. I don't want to be that bald. I, <laughs> I just want or like Or white. A... No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Then why'd you bring it up? Because <laughs> he's like a big podcaster. I just want our homies to listen to this. And like a couple other hey, people. If you're not my homie. I mean, <laughs> if you're my homie and you're not listening to this. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. 
Um, this has been great. Um, yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I like this. Okay, bye guys. Bye. I don't know how else to end it. Let's sing a song. What can we sing? Oh, we're uh, no. What the fuck were we singing earlier? It's hard to, to believe. believe. <laughs> you were always right beside me. Do do do. Do do do. I don't know the other words. Adios, perras. Hasta luego. Bye, bitch. <laughs>